This is Gordon Verning with Jazz Insights. Today we're going to talk about the music of Duke Ellington, but in particular the music from the early 1930s to mid-30s, and especially the mood style. One of the really interesting things about Ellington is that we, we like to categorize his music and put it into four distinct categories with lots of subcategories. The first category was the jungle style, which is characterized by the growling brass and that kind of mysterious, ominous sound. And the second most important style was what we call the mood style. We're going to listen to some of his important compositions in that style today and try to identify what makes it the mood style. If you know anything about Ellington, he was a rather moody person. He was a hypochondriac. He was also very superstitious. And he was prone to fits of melancholy where he just couldn't seem to get himself back on the road to perform and to write. And this plays into his style of writing also. Another really important thing about Ellington that he began to develop in the late 20s and early 30s was a technique of writing and arranging called voicing across the section. And all it means is that he would take an instrument from the trombone section, one from the saxophone section, maybe one from the trumpet section, and combine them across the sections to create a new texture and new color. Artists do the same thing. And you have to remember that Ellington was an artist. He was a painter. He would take the different voices from across the orchestra and combine them in a kind of a musical palette to create interesting colors and textures. And that was a very important part of the mood style. One of the most important of the mood pieces, um, they tend to be slow ballads with lots of what we call chromaticism and a little bit of dissonance, is a classic piece he wrote in the early 1930s and is entitled Mood Indigo. It's a really interesting piece. He uses three horns, trumpet, clarinet, and trombone. And the way he uses them is very unusual. He puts the trombone, which is the lowest pitch instrument, on the top. And the clarinet, which is the soprano instrument, he puts it on the bottom, thus creating a really interesting sound and texture. And he has the trumpet player, Artie Wetzel, playing with a cup mute right in the middle. So let's listen to Mood Indigo. And remember, this is voicing across the section. And this was a rather novel approach for popular jazz music in the 1930s.
Also in that mood category are all the great ballads that he wrote, Sophisticated Lady, In a Sentimental Mood, Blue Surge, Dusk, and a lot of the titles embedded in the title is kind of a connotation of a, a moody sense or a kind of a blue sense. He was really great about the titles of his songs. Another great one in that mood style is a piece that is not that well known today. It was done in the late 30s. It's called Dusk. Let's listen to this piece. This is a classic mood ballad from Duke Ellington. Another great mood piece from this period is a piece entitled Blue Surge. Let's listen to this piece. Um, remember that the mood pieces are slow, they're introspective, they're moody, they're ballads, and they had great melodies and great harmonies. And in particular, listen to the way Ellington combines the different instruments to create new and unusual colors and textures. Thank you. 
title Blue Sirs refers to a material. Ellington was a great dresser. He carried with him in his personal train car probably a hundred different suits, dozens of pairs of shoes, beautifully made shirts. I mean, he was, I guess, the quintessential sartorial dresser. One of his most famous mood pieces and one of the best-loved ballads of that period is a piece entitled Sophisticated Lady. Again, a classic mood piece, beautiful melody, great harmony, just a wonderful, wonderful song. And this particular recording, which comes from, I believe, about the late 1930s, but features the great alto saxophonist Johnny Hodges and his baritone saxophonist Harry Carney. One of the interesting things about Ellington that separates him from all the other band leaders in the period is the fact that many of his musicians stayed with him for very long periods of time. In fact, Harry Carney spent his entire career, 45-plus years, with Duke Ellington. He never had another baritone saxophonist. Consequently, when Ellington would write parts for baritone sax, it wasn't for a baritone sax. It was for Harry Carney. And Harry had a beautiful, rich, velvety sound. He had a wonderful vibrato, great intonation, wonderful technique, and was a gifted improviser and was an integral part of the Ellington sound. At this time, the baritone sax was an instrument that you didn't often give the melody to, but Ellington used Harry Carney as another color in an artist's palette. The other saxophonist featured on this um, particular recording is Johnny Hodges. Hodges had a beautiful sound, and he used Johnny Hodges' sound to become one of the very identifiable markers to the Ellington mystique. On this particular piece, he features both saxophonists, Hodges playing the high alto part and Carney on the low baritone, and then he juxtaposes them and he does some very interesting things. Let's listen to uh, one of the great mood pieces, Sophisticated Lady, that features Johnny Hodges on alto and Harry Carney on baritone. Thank you. 